26th of March, 1652. The man and boy walked along the London street, trying to keep clear of the gutter, the man hurrying, clutching the boy with sharp, bony fingers, turning down one dark alley, then another, like a rat that has learned its way through a maze. The boy was confused and uncertain. He did not know who the man was, and did not like him. His mother and the man had talked in low voices, and his mother had not kissed him or looked him in the eye when the man had taken him away. They had walked for a long time through the failing light and the rain, and he was tired and hungry, and becoming afraid. After a while, they stopped in the rear yard of a large house, and the man knocked loudly. The door opened a few inches, and dark, suspicious eyes peered out. Come in, a woman said, and the door opened wider. The man pushed the boy ahead of him into the kitchen. The woman frightened the boy. She was tall, dressed in a black gown, and had a skeletal face with eyes that seemed to scold him. How many years has he? Eight, the man said. He stinks. He needs a wash, that's all. The woman studied the boy carefully. He had fair curls that were unkempt and matted, large blue eyes and a snub nose. His lips were drawn sullenly down, and his clothes were little more than grimy rags. His feet were bare. Wait here, she said. The boy stood gazing at the stone floor, aware of the flames in the hearth and the pot above it, from which came an acrid, unpleasant smell. After a few moments, the door opened, and the woman came back in, followed by a tall man with a limp. He was wearing a gold, full-length robe, and had a cruel, vain face, framed with a carefully trimmed beard. He stood in the doorway and smiled approvingly at the boy. Yes, he said, you have done well. He came closer to the boy, dragging his club foot across the floor with a scrape, and stood still again, admiring him. Very good. The boy was impressed by the man's robe and by his noble appearance. The man moved closer, then in one fast movement tore the clothes off the boy, letting them drop around his ankles. The boy looked at him in shock. The nobleman took a step towards him and laid a hand on his shoulder. The boy whipped his head around, bit the man's wrist hard, and bolted for the door on the far side of the kitchen. The man who had brought him grabbed him by his hair and held him tightly. The nobleman roared with laughter. He is fine and spirited. You have done very well for a change. Thank you, my lord. Yes, he said. He eyed the boy's body with mounting satisfaction. I will reward. He broke off as a commotion beyond the kitchen disturbed him. He frowned. They were early, much too early. They were not due for at least two hours yet, surely. He turned, staring through the open door and down the passageway. A man in a tall black hat, a high white collar, and a black coat over tight ribboned breeches strode through the doorway. He was followed by a group of soldiers wearing the red coats, gray breeches, and waist sashes of the parliamentarian army. His gray eyes scanned the room, 
then fixed on the nobleman. He spoke with a humorless smile. Good evening, Francis, he said. Have I interrupted some sport? What do you mean by this intrusion, Thomas? The nobleman stared with a vexed expression at the soldiers, who were clustered inside the door. Their faces beneath their buff leather hats carried an air of intent that disturbed him. The man in the black hat looked at the woman and the rat-faced man beside her. Who brought this child? When they remained silent, his voice became hard and stern. Who brought him? Twas I, the rat-faced man said. Clothe him and take him back. And then to the woman. How many servants are here in the house now? The woman glanced at her master, as if for approval to speak. The nobleman's vexation was tempered by uncertainty. Thomas, I'll not have this. Take your men and leave forthwith. The man in the black hat ignored him and continued to stare at the woman. I want all the servants to be gone immediately and not return until curfew time. Understand? He turned and nodded at the soldiers. They moved forwards and seized the nobleman's arms. His expression turned to fury. Thomas, my brother, man, for God's sake, what do you think you're doing? For God? For God's sake? His brother echoed mockingly. What dost thou know of God whom thou hast abandoned these five and twenty years?